Welcome to a new world of entertainment. The Ultimate Film and Television Podcast. Featuring Mike Winkler. Daniel English. From Condiment Games, Jeremy Larson. And Jason Kabasa. Created by Friends. All film lovers. We feature in depth podcast discussions, interactive Facebook Live episodes. And celebrity interviews. Subscribe to our podcast on all major platforms. Welcome to the Lights Camera Action Entertainment Reviews Podcast. On this episode. billion human lives ended on August 29th, 1997. The survivors of the nuclear fire called the war Judgment Day. They lived only to face a new nightmare, the war against the machines. The first Terminator was programmed to strike at me in the year 1984. Network computers. Skynet defense system now activated. New. Powerful. They say it got smart. A new order of intelligence. And it's all, all people's a threat, not just the ones on the other side. Hooked into everything. Decided our fate in Microsoft. Extermination. Was one man. There was one man. Thirty-five years from now, you reprogram me to be your protector here. This time. So this other guy, he's a Terminator like you, right? Not like me. T-1000. Advanced prototype and down. You mean more advanced than you are? Yes. And me bending poly alloy. Liquid metal. These were taken in receded. Today. Connor. We know you know who this guy is. Come with me if you want to live. You don't get it, do you? He'll find her. That's what he does. I don't trust it. But we need it. What it's like to try to kill one of these things. 
Hasta la vista, baby. The future has not been written. There is no fate but what we make for ourselves. Welcome to Terminator, the ultimate <coughs> retrospective, brought to you by Jeremy Larson, I will say. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. Brought to you by Condiment Games. <laughs> by Condiment Games, Jeremy Larson. <laughs> All right, so the whole crew is here. Mike Winkler here with Jason Kovacic, Daniel English, and Condiment Games' own Jeremy Larson. How is everybody doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Kendall's Fabulous. apparently ready as well. <laughs> Kendall is ready, and we also want to welcome in. Kendall. Okay, so, oh, uh, the classic Terminator saga, at least the uh, first two in many people's eyes. Um, we get into the sequels, it gets a little bit more interesting. I think we all agree there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Some more than others. <coughs> Jason with Genesis, but we'll get into that in episode two. Yeah, so let's cover the scope. Which ones are we talking about this episode? One through three. This one are one, two, and three indeed. Okay, so let's immediately jump into Terminator 1. A classic sci-fi horror film. No disagreement. You can say it's it's action, but it's not. It is is strictly horror because of how they play it off, both in uh, the score of the film and the subject matter around it. Exactly. And, and this just shows James, James Cameron's brilliance. Yeah. It's fantastic. You know, watching these first two again, it really makes me miss the fact that Cameron did not direct another one after two. Mm-hmm. Well, it's too bad, but they also took a different direction that I believe made the universe uh, it kind of expanded in a way. Because way, my yeah. my theory with the the Terminator franchise is that in every single time they send somebody back, they <laughs> they change the future, which of course does happen. But that explains all the the actor changes. Like it, the only two constants are Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor, and mm-hmm. uh, the Terminator being Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Or a CG abomination. Yeah, uh, that that was rough. I will I will say that that was a little rough. Kendall yeah. comes in and says the first Terminator movie was the first movie that ever made me cry in terror. Oh my gosh! Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, that movie did its job then as a sci-fi horror. <laughs> I guess it did. I, you know, I got to ask you guys. This is my biggest gripe with the Terminator saga, and I want to get it out of the way right now. Does anybody else have a problem with all the different actors that have played John Connor? No. No. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. no as well. Because they Only all took the a different of, take on yeah. John Connor. That's what I was going to say. The, 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 I guess the one good constant thing is that they all brought their own flavor to the role. Um, and, and there's a little bit of each John Connor actor that I like that they bring to the role. And there's also some that I don't. Um, do I have a favorite? Ooh. <coughs> That's a good question. I have a, I have a least favorite. I... I think continuity is enjoyable, but there are plenty of shows where I wish the story mattered more than the character. 
Yeah. And the fact that they weren't stuck to, I don't know, having to recast again and again and again. I, I liked that. I didn't love Christian Bale's John Connor. I felt I like, that is that yeah. is my agreeing point is that but, uh, yeah, Christian Bale's where, John Connor felt like least of yeah the John Connor. like he didn't understand how the character was built all the way and maybe that was an artistic decision so whatever but mm-hmm. yeah I I liked it because they were able to just cast like in the first one you see old man John Connor they kept the scar but changed the actor you know the mm-hmm. kids different different hair colors I liked all that yeah yeah. Kendall comes back in and says, like, AI freaks me out. Not the paranormal or anything like that, but robots. Fucking terrifying. That's, I mean, that's a legitimate fear. Yeah, I mean, sure. something coming at you that doesn't feel pain, doesn't run out of that stamina. Is only thinking in the logical, logical perspective of how to take you out. Yeah. Well, we live in a time, too, where we feel like computers are taking up more and more of our lives and AI is becoming more and more advanced. Are we headed in a direction where this is a future we need to fear? Oh, we're, we've no. been heading in that direction no. for a long time now. Not even close. <laughs> Do you think AI is actually going to gain that capability, Dan? No, no. You don't believe that at all? It, it's I believe too, so. The starting too... point was Windows Vista. <laughs> it's too, it's that buggy piece of shit. The problem, the problem with any kind of machine learning, like he says, he's part of neural networks. The theory behind neural networks is decades old, and gosh, at this point, it's even older than that. We now have the computing power to enact them, but the biggest limiter on all these AI systems is that in order to learn how to do something, they need to know the rules, and I just don't. I think we're so far from a system that can learn the rules. We have systems that can learn games. And so we set the framework up and we say, this is a chessboard. This is a go board. This is a, a room with hiders and seekers. And, or, you know, this is a, a visual input. This is leans toward good. This leans toward bad. And then it explores the state space using its heuristic to say, you know, this is better. This is worse. But, I don't think we have systems that necessarily could just learn anything because yeah. they, they, well, yeah. And I mean, we're not that about, far yet. Talk about hardware limits. Like if you want to change the way you manufacture bottles, mm-hmm. you're going to spend billions and billions of dollars. And so I, yeah, I just, I think it's a little bit overplayed because it's intriguing and mysterious, mm-hmm. but yeah, AI systems need training. And- well, at the end of the day, we're still asking our AI devices to do things for us. They're not doing things on their own. So until we get to that point, yeah, I think you're right on with that. Now, could you have a hyper-specialized like weapon system that's dangerous? Yeah, but I don't see it going TX mode and also Rear. being able to take over other cars, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, it does seem a little far-fetched. But it's just, it's a long ways off. If it happens, it won't be in our lifetime. And EMP. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, EMP is a thing, so. <laughs> just got to listen to the ghosts in the machine, in the machine right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, wrong franchise. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that really struck me about the first and second Terminators 
is something I'm realizing I miss in movies, and that is the use of miniatures for effects. Couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because there, it's like this practical effects that I am just in love with. And I yep. noticed in T3 they were doing some more elegant things, um, but the car explosions and the... I just loved... I liked the miniatures and just seeing how they used forced perspective and all the tricks of the what seemed to me to be old school. I really enjoyed that feel. The eighties I mean, was a real golden age for filmmaking. Yep. Yeah. And Terminator was one of those that really broke a lot of uh, filmmaking types, and it just it blew us all out of the water. Yeah. I mean, you look at it this way. It, Ever like ever since the technology has evolved, filmmaking just has not been the same at all. Yeah. Another comment came through. Like love Terminator Salvation underrated and they never followed through. That is true. They never did follow through with that. And there was um I think a golden opportunity to create a good franchise continuation off that. Yeah. I think they could have, but People I, I, just weren't all necessarily behind the idea. Yeah, and it was all... It, the cast of Salvation itself wasn't entirely the best. It no, didn't feel like many people clicked with each other. And they killed off the one guy that I thought could have carried it, and that was uh, Sam Worthington, because yeah. he he had a he had a certain charm as the character, and I know that there was an alternate ending that they shot where instead of Christian Bale carrying it on, um, John Connor was dying and something to do with his soul was put into Sam Worthington's character and he kind of became John Connor in the future movies it would have been. And then he was yelling at people for interrupting his... Oh man, I, I, I cannot believe that. I still remember hearing that clip. Yeah. Oh yeah, Christian Bale's rant. Yeah, that's... I think that's all that movie's known for at this point. <laughs> so, so back to T2... Terminator mm. 2 Judgment Day, talking about practical effects, miniatures, and then looking at the actual CG, I was looking into some of the CG in this movie, and apparently at the time they were so cutting edge that this was one of the first movies to hire developers, like software developers, to mm-hmm. create the tools that their effects people would then use. Um, the corridor crew it's like these vfx guys on youtube that try and replicate or improve they basically tried to replicate t2's ai and they, their claim was you know we can do an okay job but the tools they used were custom built not just for their team but for the effect that they were chasing after and so it was one of those things where the practical effects felt so grounded and then the cg felt so it felt really good. I mean, the reflections on the on the T one thousand model. Oh my um, gosh! I ju- yeah, I just was really impressed for a eighties nineties movie that these were really they aged really well. And well, Robert, they really did. Robert Patrick's performance <clears throat> of the T one thousand was perfect. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Nobody else played a better villain in this Terminator since then. No. Mm-mm. No. Um, back to what you said, Dan, about the effects. Uh, 
The effects were made by Stan Winston Studios, who were also responsible for the miniatures in Jurassic Park and other big movies. I think even like E.T. and such, too. Um, but you're right. That's something that's missing in movies today, where things just get too effects heavy. Like, I'm the bigger prequel fan of Star Wars than the original trilogy, but that's the one thing I wish the prequel trilogy would have done more of, miniatures versus all the green screen stuff. Yeah, it was missing. Right. Yeah. Well, what's interesting... Handle coming in here with 80s futuristic style is a soothing aesthetic. Yeah. yeah I think great. that's what's what's interesting is there's a huge difference between being on the cutting edge for Terminator 2 mm-hmm. and having awesome, you know, mimetic alloy effects and being on the cutting edge for Star Wars Episode 1 Phantom Menace and you know what I mean? And so it, yeah. in, a, in a sense, I feel like Terminator 2 took a really big risk doing that. Mm-hmm. Or at least it, yeah. it it took a lot of resources and expertise to, to achieve what they did. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, have, I absolutely yeah. agree that. Yeah, they, they definitely took some risks. And, and, and the thing of it is, too, is like how many years was it between Terminator 1 and 2? Does anybody know? Yeah. Uh, give me uh, one second not, here. It was like four to nine 10 years? years? Seven. Yeah. Seven years. Four for the first one, and yeah, 91 for the second. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the giant leap that the effects took just in seven years between both these films, I mean, that's why T2, I think, is regarded more of the one-to-remember classic over T1 because it just does so many things differently, but Mm -hmm. it just goes far above Mm -hmm. story, even for the story. Yeah. And it's funny watching it. You compare the first to the second, the claymation scene in which he removes the covering over his eye yes. is pretty jarringly bad. It's, I mean, it, we've been, we've been, yeah, going back and watching that, it's, yeah. it's, it's so funny to see that. We've been praising the effects, but that scene is bad. And I remember one of the first times I saw it, my dad was like, oh, that just looked so great to us back in the day. And I just can't view it with those eyes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they redid the claymation in the scene where he was getting shot up in the lobby of that building in T2. Yes. And, and it was so much better. I mean, you could tell. You could definitely tell. But the fact that the transitions from claymation to not Arnold were so much smoother, it, it was. They, like perfected the techniques they used in the last one, or at least vastly improved them, and then brought in new stuff. I think the first two are almost beyond criticism. I just let, I love yeah, I, yeah, I have to agree with you on that one. There. It's hard for me to sit here and, and criticize either one of those two movies. When we get into T3, it gets a little bit easier for me, um, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But um, no, I think one of the things about Terminator 1, it's hard for me to really pick out too much from 1 that I like better than 2, because I think 2 is just... I think 2 is still far superior than 1, but 1 is still very good. Yeah. Um, the one thing about Terminator 1 I like is that it's the only Terminator film in the whole entire six-movie saga where Schwarzenegger is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And the one thing the series has been criticized for is that how come they never went back to that? It's like they were well, too afraid I mean, to make Schwarzenegger bad again. They kind of did. In, three. in Salvation, a little bit. and I guess in 3, a little bit, yeah. 3 was a little bit, yeah. 4 was a little bit more, but all, also, again, 4 was an upgraded model of that specific Terminator. Right. It wasn't It wasn't the T-100. It was definitely a T-800. And it's hard oh. to count Salvation because he was just a CGI. I don't think it even was Arnold. 
yeah this that's is the, like a matrix moment too where you can never see it for the first time again yeah like try to remember <clears throat> the first time you saw the introductory scene of terminator 2 and you mm -hmm. didn't know that arnold was the good guy oh yeah that's true exactly. and so the, that's the, here's the thing though is that trailers spoiled that oh really yes that was a big marketing error for them is that they spoiled it right off the bat yeah even trailers in the 90s it was unfortunate hmm. but that would have been just as big of a reveal if like it would have been on par to like empire strikes back yeah reveal yeah see if they were clever enough they would have taken the trailer and they would have cleverly edited it together to make it look like he was like the bad guy the so when people saw mm -hmm. the movie they'd be like Wow, they really fooled us. But no, you know they just what, go straight though, forward that's and easy. That's why I don't watch trailers. I remember getting spoiled mm -hmm. that Hulk was a part of Thor 3. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. what a moment that you could have totally just snuck into the movie. And that, I'm going to interject here. That's why I'm so glad we have not seen a trailer for Spider-Man No Way, no Way Home. Yeah. yeah. If the one comes out, I'm not watching it. Yeah, I Shane I'm Shang, yeah. Shang Chi trailer came out, and they literally spoiled that Abomination from Incredible Hulk is in it now. They spoiled it at the end of the trailer. No, that trailer didn't spoil it for me. You spoiled it for me just now. Oh well. <laughs> no, oh yeah, I'm, thanks, Mike. I'm just kidding, Ralph. Here's what. Here's no, how I do trailers. Jason, you should know. We watched the Shang Chi trailer during our trailer episode. I don't know what you're talking about. If yeah, I yeah, know yeah. that I'm gonna watch a movie. I don't care about the trailer. I don't want the only purpose a trailer would be for me is do I want to see it? Like That's true. that new Netflix zombie movie with Dave Batista. Batista, I thought, I don't know that I want to watch this. By the end of the trailer, I was like, okay, I would watch this. Yeah, that movie actually was pretty good. Yeah. Was Just it? that moment when she when you don't Army know the if he's a good or bad guy when they meet in those hallways behind the mm -hmm. arcade. I, I mm -hmm. thought that was really well done. And I but loved Sorry, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead. I'll wait until you're done. I was just going to say, and I was kind of transitioning topic. I also love the motif building that has happened in Terminator within the first three movies. And I think that lays a really great foundation where the movies that cash in on this overarching repeatable themes, I tend to enjoy more. You know, spoiler alert, I liked Genesis. And... Um, the movies that moved away from that motif and did something unique, even though they were technically good movies, I didn't enjoy them as much as part of the franchise. Like, for instance, the time travel and the attire acquirement. I really enjoy that aspect <laughs> yes. of the franchise. Yeah, that is so good. <laughs> oh, but anyway... Let's get and into the box office T numbers and what these first three have done. T3 might also be the best attire acquirement where he goes into the bar and like, yeah. <laughs> talks to his hand. Oh, now. Oh. <laughs> I know they kind of they kind of got away from horror and then went immediately to like action, then partial action comedy. I feel like that yeah. was a big thing of the third one is that it was like an action comedy. And I was kind of all right with that. Mm -hmm. It was yeah, nice to get a little break from the seriousness of everything because we, we kind of knew what was going to happen at the end of T3. Um, but it was good to have those uh, nice, 
nice moments of just, oh, that's funny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but anyway, let's get into the box office numbers of what these movies pulled. So, the first Terminator had a budget of only $6.4 million. Wow. Box office ended up totaling out at 78.3. Mm. And then it jumps to T2. The budget jumped from 6.4 to between 94 and 102 million. Yeah. Damn. And ended up pulling in 520.9 million. Ooh, wow. So oh. for a while, it was one of the highest grossing films. What the hell happened? Because when Dark Fate came out, it did not do good, and neither did Genesis. Well, people stopped really caring for the series. I would imagine at that point. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think so, it was. I think it came out too late. I think that's why uh, Salvation, Genesis, and uh, I think Dark Fate was when people started really wanting to come back, and that was just long enough away to where they were just like, you know, I think I could see myself getting interested in this again. They have to try yeah. again. I think it's. I think it's too soon to just give up on it. I think that if they. I think they have to set themselves on something because I think people saw Salvation. They well, wanted to go one route. They I, dropped it. I thought it. that they were talking about that. Uh, that was going to be that. That was the last film that they were planning on doing. The Terminator. It, 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 they said it could potentially be the last one, um, but I, I don't know. Um, but that's what I think it was. I think people liked what they were doing with with, with maybe Salvation. They dropped what they were going to do. They went into Genesis. They dropped what they were going to do. So when people got the Dark Fate, they're like, "Why should I invest my time into this when?" We've already been down the road twice, and they've completely dropped what they were going to do. Yeah, yeah. If they want shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, and fool me three times. Well, it's out the You're window. Out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, most of this will probably be for the next episode of the retrospective. But talking about what Terminator One and Two did really well, and I mm -hmm. think this nestles it into the sci-fi horror theme is. You've got a story. I could tell you the story of Terminator 1 in about 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. You know, the machines take over the world. John Connor's their only hope. A machine's trying to kill his mother. That's pretty much it. And, yeah. and they don't waste a ton of time in exposition. They don't have to deal with the consequences of time travel because no. you just see it from one lens. And mm -hmm. T2, I think expands the canon in a very cautious and respectful way that yes it's more complex but it's in very satisfying ways they introduce new characters and okay why didn't this work like we thought it might have t3 and i think this is part of the transition away from the sci-fi horror becomes just inevitably more complex there's more characters there's organizations there's now we're talking about lieutenants and it's the focus blows up and i think the error that this franchise has made is as their canon became more complex they were they being you know all the production companies directors writers that produced this story were less united and so you've got three, which I don't think is enough to sink the the franchise. I think three is perfectly fine yeah. and leaves yeah. it off in an exciting place. But I think this franchise just becomes more schizophrenic from there. And even when it does get back to its roots, I still think it wants to be more complicated than the series demands. And so well, that that's me personally why I you know, distance from the franchise or was less excited about it. 
Well, I think that Salvation did one thing right. I think that the way T3 ended with Judgment Day actually happening, Salvation still works as, as a sequel to T3 because it begins right into when Judgment Day already happened. Yes, there's recasting, but everything still kind of flows from 3. Yeah. You know what really did it in was the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh, <laughs> God. In a bad way? Oh gosh, it ruins continuity. It absolutely it ruins continuity. Because, because they're on the run from more Terminators. And this is right, this is after the events of Terminator 2. Mm. And in Terminator 3, John is stating, oh no, you shouldn't be here because we stopped Judgment Day. Like, mm -hmm. why why would those two conflict? If you saw more Terminators, you know that there are more Terminators in Judgment Day still going to happen. So they were already ignoring yeah. T3 already with that series. Yes, they were because it came out wow. uh, came out a year. Yeah, was it Terminator? Was it? Well, as a huge fan of Sarah Connor, Chronicles. T3 came out in 2003, and the Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles came out in 2008, a year before Terminator Salvation did. Yeah. So it's like they already were ready, ready to hit the reset button and pretend that three didn't already happen. They were already yeah. ready to do it. Wow. Well, mm -hmm. and at the time, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Three I was saying T3 really was the one that made you realize that maybe Arnold was starting to get a little too old for this shit anymore. <laughs> but then, they like, played, he then they really played into that in the new films, which was that's really good. Weapon. Yeah, that's something T3 didn't do. They didn't play his age into it too well. No, they just put a little bit of makeup on his neck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which, when you're going to show a full up and down of someone nude, it's a lot easier to spot seven, ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Especially true. when he's coming down from Mr. Universe or whatever the heck. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's, let's take this time to talk about Sarah Connor Chronicles for just a little bit. Okay. Oh, I man. love that series. I uh, do. It's... Okay, season one was really good. Season two is where they're starting to lose me. I'm only like, I think I'm three quarters of the way through season two, but there's so many iffy areas of this show. Yeah, well, so you got to remember that this is this is a show before shows were the new movies. Mm -hmm. And True. It, it does need that grace because this is before... Lost had showed us that people will follow us. Well, I guess Lost wasn't the first one, but like streaming wasn't a thing at this time. No. And Mike and I were talking, if streaming were a thing, this show probably would not have died. No. Um, so, yeah, I agree. It's not perfect, but it it does what I wanted with the Terminator franchise. And so maybe I kind of view it as like there's one, two, and Sarah Connor Chronicles, and they're like this trilogy over here, but mm -hmm. then there's an alternate one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is I I didn't realize it how early Terminator switches over to parallel timeline theories where alternate futures are created, but the people who I don't know. It's I know that in the end, ultimately, it's parallel time travel theory. Yeah. But 
T1 and T2, I don't think have to be. And even T3, no. I don't think has to be parallel. I think no, it can I get still it. be fatalistic, single timeline. Yeah. You know, you came because of this and it ended up, I mean, look at John Connor's birth. Look at the Judgment Day happening when and where it did. John Connor in the circumstances. So all those things, I think, created the future that they had. Yeah. And but if you take parallel time, then you can have infinite Terminator stories because every time somebody gets into a machine and travels a couple years, you've got, you know, another story. Mm -hmm. arc. I guess my question is, then based off that is, what do you guys consider to be the actual Terminator, official Terminator timeline going forward? Because there is a lot of differentiating opinions here because... Like Dan said, he thinks one, two, Sarah Connor. Some people think one, two, three. Then there's one, two, Dark Fate. And then Salvation and Genesis are kind of just out in the wind. I don't as know. As far as the first trilogy is concerned, this time through, I can see it as totally one, two, three. And I don't know. You can sloppily fit Sarah Connor Chronicles into that. It would have to be between two and three if you did. Yeah, it would have to be. Yeah, actually, I'd say it'd be like one, two, then Dark Fate. And I mean, you could explain maybe John's memory is just bad because I know that he's gone through some have things you heard throughout of this post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, yeah, I know he's got, he's gone through a lot in the Sarah Connor Chronicles, but it wouldn't surprise me that if uh, after uh, Sarah Connor passed away, that he would get into some like hard drugs and alcoholism and trying to forget everything so maybe yeah. it was just maybe he just blocked it out maybe after that I it just remember making out with kate brewster in kyle's basement so okay but that was also <laughs> oh but the thing is is that he that was like seventh grade okay who remembers that from like 10 15 years ago well, I guess you could I'll say that. Remember guess the most that, random thing. I guess you from, couldn't remember like, the, the, you know, that not so stellar kiss that they shared. And <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that great. Why would you remember it? I mean, it's just Earth, like, yeah. Hey, do you remember out. we kissed? It was good for her, but not good for John. <laughs> Here's the cop out answer: Sarah Connor Chronicles got cut short, so we don't know where it would have been left. But that's the thing. Season could have closed those loops. Season three is uh, T three. I, I think there were areas of the Sarah Connor Chronicles that were very poorly written. Um, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I am not for the uh, John Connor following falling in love with a uh, a Terminator sort of thing. I agree with that. That I, I definitely agree with. Like I get she looks like she looks like an attractive female, and uh, uh, but. You still have to know that that's a Terminator. Like <laughs> you gotta keep watching. So is the chick first, from T three, but I didn't see anybody falling in love with her. Okay, first of all, he's a kid. He's an adolescent <laughs> boy who's been doing nothing but hanging out with his mom all day. Right? I don't care if he knows she's a metal. He's not. His body doesn't know that. You know oh, what I mean? No. But the wow. second. But the second thing I'm gonna say oh. is, <laughs> Dan's a metal lover. No, guys, 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 Sex robots are things. If, <laughs> that's not what this is. If you watch Sarah Connor Chronicles long enough, you'll know that they had a jump 
on the story elements of salvation in that real humans get turned into terminators that's and true so yeah that and that is what actually happened in the sarah connor chronicles which is why it's mm -hmm. such a dumb place to end it because right when you get the sense that oh man she might not be a metal there might actually be a ship here which that's pretty much why i watch anything <laughs> then it's over and you're like oh okay. <laughs> wow i love the i love the romance and stuff i just it, I in like some shows i can agree they do work i in, love in the some friendships shows. and the romance yeah yeah some shows they do work out pretty well and they are part of the <laughs> watch it's true i don't know if that would have been one but <laughs> if you watch sarah sure. connor chronicles the moment you realize oh maybe cameron is a human and they'll get to date that was an exciting thing to think about like finally that was, it was an interesting concept i'm not gonna lie like when i saw yeah. those flashbacks i'm like wait is this no it can't yeah be. so so the finale of two can i spoil it for you go ahead so the finale of two i'm gonna articulate really well so jeremy can read my lips <laughs> can you read lips yes <laughs> i won't talk about it oh, no you're good yeah. no you can spoil it this is part of the podcast it's in this it's in well, this section you're good so i'll just say this in the very last episode you see her in a timeline that they're a part of and she is human she's not a terminator hmm. so in a way she's like sam worthington's character in salvation Precisely. Yeah, they yeah. had the beat on that. And mm -hmm. and I sometimes wonder if people are like, hey, remember when the TV show did this? Can we expand on that at all? Mm. It's like they knew what they were going to do. They, they knew in the movie how they were going to mix together. I, uh, that's what I love about certain shows that are built off of film franchises, especially like Sarah Connor Chronicles. They look at these ideas that they have in the show and they're like, you know, this works. Let's try and build off this into the actual franchise now. You know who's doing a good job of that right now? Cobra Kai is doing an excellent job of that right now, expanding on Karate Kid. It's it's doing it to perfection. It's like the model of how you continue a franchise into a potential series. Well, and it knows I still need what to watch, is, right? I still need Fantastic. to watch that. Shows that know what is good about them. That I think that's the challenge across all media is – okay, you're going to continue in this universe that's been created that people care about. Do you know what is good about it? And I think that's something that Terminator has been a little bit inconsistent with, but ultimately has done a lot better than other franchises, to be frank. Um, but like a good example, Dumb and Dumber 2. I don't know how many times I have to bring this up, but they just <laughs> didn't understand what was good, right? Yeah, no, so it popped. Terminator Salvation came out a month and a half after the Sarah Chronicle character. Oh my gosh. After the Chronicles ended, like after the season two finale, it came out a month and a half later. See, wow. I wonder, I wonder if, if Chronicles would have gone on, if they would have literally tried to make a point that they are setting up salvation. Yeah. Because it seems it to me, well have. yeah, it seems to me with the, with the human robot hybrid that they were, kind of in tune with who was making the salvation movie and they were trying to sync them together or maybe they didn't have a long-term plan because it was a show with summer glow and those always get prematurely canceled yeah like firefly and you know 
she just can't get herself on a good show. Yeah, yeah she, she can't get herself attached to a well, show. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Though. She she gets attached to really great shows, just that those networks just don't realize the gold mine that they have. I yeah. agree. Yep. Yep. Except she's in Arrow, and that went on forever. I think it's still going on. Arrow? No, Arrow yeah. ended. No. Yeah, Arrow ended, ended a couple uh, years ago. Two years ago now. Okay, yeah. so eight, mm-hmm. nine seasons, right? Seven or eight, the, yeah. Yeah. Oh, time it, I got a show that actually lasted a while with somebody following it. Wait, you don't like Supernatural? That lasted 15 years. Yeah. I love Supernatural. I've never seen it. What? I... I think okay. Well, I'm, done. Right, we know. I'm done. Here's okay. the thing. We know what Dan okay. has to watch no, next. I'll redeem myself. My wife is related to Jim Beaver. That that's what? right. You have mentioned that, that. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Did not know that. Well, now you got to watch it because if you ever if you ever saw him, you're gonna say I've never seen. You can't say that to him. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever it, meet him. If if anything, watch seasons one through five, and at the end of season five. If you if you don't want to keep going, that'll be okay. That's yeah. originally where it was supposed to end. Yeah, I but would I love mean, to do. So, what do you mean supposed to not to turn this into a supernatural? Oh, well, the, the fandom the fandom for supernatural was so big it made them want to keep going. To go on ten and, more years. And the yeah, story the, the storyline story was everything that they had was lined up perfectly to end with the finale of five, mm-hmm. and it's just that like. Uh, Jeremy just said the fandom is so behind the series that they went. All right, I guess we can try making more content for this. Yeah. Well, Which that's sometimes a whole- that's great as a fan, and then sometimes you get to stick around long enough to see your franchise turn to crap. Well, I don't want to say that Supernatural turned to crap. It, uh, it didn't turn to crap. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Amazing. Think, sometimes with, the happens. problem with Supernatural is that it. It had its ups and downs after the finale. Yes, there were moments. That yeah, I will. Agree. I will agree with that. But mm-hmm. as a whole, it stayed pretty consecutive. So, was there a large gap between the finale and then the ten more years? No. Oh no. No, no, no. no. They no. they followed up right after, like okay. dead right. It's after. like angels and demons, right? Yeah, there's a lot more natural stuff. If the angel stuff kind of starts in season three, but like the first two seasons is about is about all kinds of different monsters and, okay. and stuff like that. So it's it, like, it, uh, if you're looking into like, yeah, but uh, like you just said, like the, and uh, mythical creatures like it was, and all that kind of it stuff. It was like right. It right. was really like around the time frame of season four. Around there is when you start seeing like beginning of the season. You got like the. A uh, big bad of what the entire season's gonna be. Otherwise, it's really been like, like monster of the week almost. Yeah, it's a it's a monster of the week. It, mm-hmm. it reminds okay. me a little bit of like X Files, sort of. Gotcha. Sort of. Which thing. is which is why season one is still one of the best of the entire series. But less sci-fi and more fantasy rooted in that. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. More like more like the scary bedtime stories. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think folklore sounds. I think cool. I think you'll it's like so it because it's you'll, you'll, really good. You'll like Sam and Dean. They are they are likable characters, and you will be rooting for them throughout the whole show. Dean, even when, Dean is Dean even is when the they best. go bad sometimes. Speaking of no Sam can... and Dean, let's talk about Cyberdyne. I'm trying to no, like, no, I, I wanted to go back to it too. <laughs> 
Three hours later, we're like, what, what was this about? How the hell did we get started on Supernatural? I think I don't we remember. Were, we were uh, talking about TV yeah, shows. TV, yeah, shows. TV shows. That's right. Um, <laughs> no, we'll you know, Supernatural at one point, though. We will, because I want to talk about the uh, the final season and the ending, especially. Oh, so, uh, so do I. Um, Anyways. Yeah, so anyway. Uh, I feel, I feel like Terminator 3 is the one most worth talking about because that's the, the one that's kind of we can criticize because the first two I can't find much wrong with at all. Oh, I do oh, have no. criticism for two. Yeah, th- three is that one that where, it like, wasn't long enough. No, it's a legitimate criticism and I think you guys will agree with me. Do tell. <laughs> what? Yeah, you gotta, I, you gotta tell now. I think the T-1000 is too inefficient trying to kill Sarah Connor in the final scenes of Terminator 2 to the point that you feel like it's plot armor. Like, it's just delaying the inevitability that Arnold's going to come back and save the day. The fact that he... He puts a knife to her face and says, call for your son when he's perfectly capable of imitating her voice. The fact that when she doesn't do it, he doesn't fatally wound her and then take her form to get John. And he like puts the pain point on her. Then the fact that he goes back and just doesn't kill like this, this motionless, emotionless you know efficient doing whatever it takes is all of a sudden slowing way down for what reason i i'd love to hear it jeremy i I have a counter argument okay now there is some there's some exposition where uh arnold's character is talking about he has a learning computer in his chip in his head now the more he interacts with the humans the more he learns i think Mm -hmm. the same logic would apply to the t-1000 as it's a more advanced, uh, a more advanced Terminator, That's a fair chip. and I think because his interactions mostly deal with killing individuals, I think the T one thousand was be- starting to like it. I think he was enjoying himself, and I think it was more of a cat and mouse sort of play. Like it was more, he was in a facility that was dangerous in the first place. He knew in that in the moments right there, it's just like he knew he was gonna do it. It's just how is he gonna do it? And yeah, am I gonna like it or not? Mm. Because even like when Sarah Connor's just shooting him with the, the shotgun shells, she runs out and he just kind of looks up and just kind of goes, uh, 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 mm. yeah, it, that's <laughs> that's personality development in a machine. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's like, that's a valid a valid. It I, I just, gotta it, go to Jeremy on this one. It felt. I think it so. felt like obvious. I don't know. You know, like he was gonna <laughs> come <laughs> and say, "Hey, we're just waiting for it." Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, that's a great point. That's a good point. And the thing is, they they expand on that in the newer films too, where the they're. De- the Terminators are developing quirks about themselves. And I mean, every single Terminator that we see for Arnold there, he gets quirkier and quirkier, whether he gets old or he develops sort of a personality. Like Mm -hmm. it just, it feels 
the right way to go about it. It's so small details that you just don't notice until you look back on it. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, especially countering it to the silly things that the, the 101 does is mm -hmm. like, yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's a really great way to explain that. I love I love the uh, the deleted scene where John tries to teach uh, the Terminator how to smile, and it is the most cringy looking smile. Yeah, <laughs> that's a deleted scene. I think it's, well, at least it was a removed scene. I hadn't seen it in any uh, in any uh, of the DVDs that I had. I think yeah, there. Okay. I think I think the special edition DVDs got what the extended edition on it. Okay. Um, I think they did put that in the extended edition. If I remember okay. correctly. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, but it still get? wasn't in the original cut, so. That's yeah. true. That's true. Uh, what did you guys think of uh, the female Terminator in 3? I thought it was a nice uh, turn away from both of the male uh, mm -hmm. Terminators going against each other because we've seen a lot of male characters and the lack of. Um, Sarah Connor being in the mix, we did need another female uh, actor to come exactly. in and to balance yeah. it out. And oh, what was her name again? Christina oh, the actress's Wilson? name? Yeah. Yep, yep that's she, her. I thought the 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 TX was uh, complicated. Uh, I thought it was a little bit more uh, an edgy of a take on an advanced Terminator. Instead of getting just a pure liquid metal one, you got one with with weapons that you know. It, yeah, <laughs> the mm -hmm. one exception. <laughs> the one thing she didn't have, though, surprisingly, she didn't have any emotion. Like, like you know, like you know how we said in T two how he was developing kind of the things. She didn't yeah. have that. She was just cold stoned, dead to rights. I know what I'm going for. I, th I think the reason behind it is that there was. Um, less passage, passage of time in Terminator 3. Because I think Terminator 3 only co covered the span of, what, two or three days? Worth That's of time. true. And Terminator 2, I, with the fact that they went from all the way down from, you know, L.A. to Mexico, probably stayed a few days there evading the, term, the, the T-1000, mm -hmm. I think there was a lot more passage of time and a lot more human interaction with that. That's a good it point. also makes me wonder if the T-1000 had more interaction because he would sample people and become them. And so if in his mimetic alloy, it was like, uh, like you said, the chip that learns personality, but even more so because he would take on this person's physiological nature and their, oh, yeah. their physical mannerisms. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I kind of thought she was saucy, though, like the way she tests the blood and she's like, oh, no. That was an interesting take. Yeah. Which and the thing is, gross. she was uh, that one also kind of played into the um, the Sarah Connor Chronicles when Terminators weren't just sent back for John, John Connor. They were sent back for, for other, other people. Stuff. The fact that she mm -hmm. came into contact with that was a was a insane coincidence. Yeah. yeah. That's the one thing about T3 I like. I like the fact that it wasn't just about John Connor. It was about mm -hmm. many different people surrounding mm -hmm. John. Right. Exactly. I think that kind of draws on an element that Sarah Connor Chronicles explored that I wish the other movies would have explored too, which is the resistance sending people back 
not for this, not just for this, you know, chomping at the bit to save someone who's trying to get killed, but like sending back a team of engineers to over mm -hmm. the course of a couple decades to construct something that they could then use for the sake of the resistance. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a pretty neat. I, I thought the, the aspect of multiple time travel instances was very clever in uh, the Terminator series. Yeah. Um, what I found, I actually came to this conclusion uh, like a couple weeks ago, is that the Terminator series kind of reminds me of the Bioshock uh, game video game series. I don't know if you mm. guys have ever played it. Mm -hmm. I played the first. Yeah, it's it's always oh, a story one? of a, a it's, Bioshock. Uh, Bioshock. Oh god, yeah. It reminds me of Bioshock because it always has a a main character, their protector, and then the the enemy that is coming after them. And it's always that kind of same instance that's going throughout uh, throughout this. Uh, yeah. Where Salvation kind of dips in that regard, but it, it kind of reminded me of Bioshock in a way. God, I wish well, they would have made those movies. Different in a lot of ways, Yeah, I think. Okay, did... Uh... Jason, you answered that question about the the, the, the timeline. Uh, you guys, what, what did you um, what did you consider the uh, the timeline? Like, which movies do you consider the continuity? Mm. You said T one, T two, and Dark Fate, right, Jace? Yep. Okay. So I've never seen Dark Fate. Oh, you're gonna you you gotta mm. see Dark Fate. It's I will. I'm gonna watch it for for the. It's second so good. Obviously. I'm I'm actually gonna have to watch it like another two times before we come back to this because I thought it was good. I I think this question is one of the issues I have with the franchise is that okay. it's not yeah. evident what is and is not what did and did not. But I just I like a much firmer canon than mm -hmm. you know we're kind of going in different directions unless they sort of make that the element like spider-verse was so clever to do yeah <laughs> i feel it yeah yeah it's a complicated question i that, i think that's my biggest gripe too is i don't really know what i want to consider because yeah I, I like Salvation, and I like Genesis, and I like Dark Fate. And I know that Cameron considers Dark Fate to be the actual T3, I think is what he said when Dark Fate had come out. Interesting. Um, but I don't know. Me personally, I mean, I, I like T3. I don't have a problem so much with T3. I think it works okay after mm. T2 in continuity. I mean, continuity. I, don't get me wrong. Like, I thought T3 was good, but I personally just thought, think that it that one two dark fate like cameron was saying is accurate well i think i think dark fate is the true t3 though because if Cam it seems like cameron's original plan was always to kill off john connor in t3 hey if he wanted his plan he could have directed more of them that's true and that's he didn't have i have a problem with cameron for that his wife, divorce her <laughs> Well, I wish that at but, least... But hold on. Remember, guys, Dan hasn't seen Dark Fate, so let's not spoil any details. Yeah, I'm not going to say no that. more. I just wish that, that Cameron would have at least stayed involved with the franchise enough to keep the story kind of all coherent in continuity. Um, mm -hmm. The fact that he after T2, he just kind of stepped away and wasn't involved, that's the biggest problem I have with him, is that he mm -hmm. at least could have said, 
okay, I approve this story, or I would have gone in this direction. Now do what you want based off of this. And he didn't, he didn't do that. And I think that that's part of the reason why the franchise started to go downhill a yeah, little bit. I understand that. Mm-hmm. And it got a little bumpy, but it came back. I feel, I feel like that's that's a a good thing to look at is that they realized their mistakes and they went back to what the story was really about. Yeah. They did. Dark Fate Gen- kind of went back Genesis, to the- Genesis kind of came up a little bit, and Dark Fate is where it just kind of cemented and solidified, where they're just like, okay, we realize what was going on, and then we're coming back to that formula. Well, I mm-hmm. think, too, uh, Linda Hamilton coming back was huge, because that was... You never really knew that you were missing her until you watched Dark Fate, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, man. she was missing all along. And don't get me wrong, so I know... Good. I know Jason has a huge problem with Amelia Clark, Sarah Connor, and Genesis. I know he'll tear her to pieces. Um, I think there's because most of what she touches seems to be trash. She was good in Solo. What are you talking about? You know who's a fantastic Sarah Connor? Lena Headley. (laughs) I I couldn't agree with you more. I agree with that. She does. She does play it well because you know you couldn't put Linda Hamilton in that role with it being so far off of. T2. Like, yeah. that's like well, 15, 16 no, years later. But even beside that, I I think Linda Hamilton might be one of my big issues with... <laughs> I just noticed in Terminator, and maybe it's because I watched with Mariah this last time around, mm-hmm. and I just got a very clear sense that she pitied all of these people who were unwitting collateral damage to this reign of terror that the good guys had brought on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I thought she was very intense. And I think Lena Headley did a really good job of tempering that intensity and kind of being more than just one dimension. I felt like Linda oh, Hamilton yeah. was a little bit, she's full bore, I'm going to effing kill you, or she's. You know, well, you're relax. also looking. Okay, here's the thing you're looking at a woman who has been uh, put through hell in a, in a few days of being around a guy who claims he's from the future. Like, it all sounds crazy. That's why they put her in a mental institution yeah, yeah. for that. She's subject to experimental drugs. Like, she's and going she's licking in, her face. Yes, yeah. she is going insane inside a mental institution. And I think that's the, the, that's why it's really, really good that the Sarah Connor Chronicles exists because it shows that she does balance out and become more of a deeper character that before she before she dies. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think I Yeah, think what a be- generous way to look at Lena Headley's portrayal as just part of that character and give some of that credit to Linda Hamilton too. That's good. That's good. <laughs> okay. No, I mean it. I mean it. I, that wasn't sarcastic. It sounded sarcastic. No, 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 just, just a little. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah, way yeah, to yeah. you really, you know. I guess when I am being sarcastic, I should push the inflection a little bit more. I, I genuinely appreciate that perspective because it's one who's looking at it as a story that is interconnected rather than just like stacking actors up against one another. And so, so I like this franchise. I can't help but look at this as an entire story. Yeah, that's why I have to include three, four, and five in the continuity of it, because that that is in 
all honesty, that's how it plays out. They realized they weren't winning the way that they were winning, so they had to go back and take out the source. And in a way that was incredibly efficient, I might add. <laughs> I guess yeah, screwing I'm... with the timeline so much is why Dark Fate happened the way it did. I'll be really Maybe. interested to talk about whether or not you... I don't think we can do it because I haven't watched the last one, but I'll yeah. be interested to see mm-hmm. how it all fits together. And you you know the, the franchise so well, I'll be interested to think if, if... to see if you've had a way to fit them together nicely. Not just like ram this piece here, but if you're like, this is how it, how it makes sense. I, I view it as a multiverse. I that that's actually what I was just gonna say. It's yep. the, the Terminator did multiverse unintentionally, I think. Yeah. Wasn't the plan, but somehow it, it, it works as that now. Well, I think that comes through on um Genesis. Mm-hmm. Like it's In almost impossible yeah, it to, to take a different route. Which then you wonder I guess they've lost an infinite amount of time. They should really n- rename Genesis to Terminator. Time's fucked up. I would, really, to be honest, I would have been curious to see where that Genesis storylines would have gone. I, I, I that—that's what kind of makes me mad because I liked what Genesis was doing. I felt like that, even though it was replicating some of the events from previous movies, it was doing them so differently. And then, and then by turning John Connor into a machine coming to kill them, it was just so cool what they were trying to do. It's like they were trying to turn uh, uh, spin Terminator on its axis, and they were yeah. like, you know what, we're gonna screw with this. This is not your father's Terminator. We're just going to run with this. That's and I feel I like you're cheated out of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I liked about it is it mm-hmm. is in order to do that slight, you know, malfunction of the original storyline, they had to know it to start with. And they, and I, they I did really, it and they played off of it. I, I really liked Genesis. I really liked uh, Amelia Clark's portrayal of. Uh... I did too. I'm going to have to rewatch. Because I see I'm going to be either make it a tie or. <laughs> you know what? I, I look at Terminator Genesis as this. I think they saw what J.J. Abrams did with Star Trek and how he <laughs> reinvented it, spun it on its axis, not your father's Star Trek, as it was built in TV spots. And Terminator thought, hmm, maybe we should try that. And unfortunately, it didn't appear. And it became past, the dumpster fire that it did. Okay. But we'll save that for episode two. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be the episode two discussion. We'll be talking about Genesis probably most of the time. Jason. But no, no, going back to the first three, I think it was uh, the the lack of the lack of uh, exposition in one made it a really fantastic film. You didn't need to say much for it to work. Yeah. And then you added just a little bit more into to two, you had a just just enough like feel good moments. You had feel good moments in that movie mm-hmm. where it was mm-hmm. the the interaction between uh, John and the Terminator, which was it was fun. It was like even Sarah Connor calls it, it. It was a father figure in John's life, and it was it came from the the most weird place. And then in in Terminator Three, it's just like that acceptance part of John. It's just like he's just finally stepping into his role even though he was kind of forced into it in the first place. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, those moments, those little moments were actually pretty good. I think that's some of the best stuff at T2 is mm-hmm. John being able to connect with the Terminator. 
as they break countless innocent bones and kneecap law enforcement officials. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think there were two in the heat of the moment. John didn't even realize that. He just said, don't kill them. And he's just like, they're not dead. Well, I I thought it was so funny because they definitely made it a very concerted effort to say, to see this Terminator is not killing anyone anymore. But I thought it was funny because he was still like breaking limbs and just like <laughs> kneecapping everyone. I'm just like taking a woman like, in the face and throwing her down all yeah, yeah. Like he's still awfully brutal. And some of them you're like, would that person not be dead? It's like a co- like personality wise, it's like the combination of like Drax and the Hulk at the same time. Like you just this. No, I understand what you're saying. I won't kill them at all. (laughs) Yeah. Well. Good good movies. So is there anything else you guys want to add? Only that I was shocked that the truck explosion at the end of one was a miniature. I can't believe that. That looks pretty I damn looked, good for I, a miniature. I, couldn't so I watched some of the extras, and I was like, I can't believe it. And the first time they tried to shoot it, they pulled it too hard, and the front separated from the trailer, but they had already started the explosion, so they had to build it again for two weeks and then redo oh. it. Yeah, but I just couldn't nice. believe it because they just did that so well. I just, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Great movies, and also part of like our family anthology of movies that i i don't remember the first time i saw it and i've just watched it forever mm-hmm. i wish they would come out with better terminator games though but we'll say that. that's fair that's fair yeah um what's I mean, the, it's, that last one it, they came out with about a year ago that one was okay uh was it terminator resistance it. yeah it was okay, and they've updated it a little bit and put patch updates, and it's improved it. But yeah, you're right. There's not really one great Terminator game, which is unfortunate because it's. I think there's a worthwhile game to make out of that. Mm-hmm. True. But, I think you could make a you could make a compelling Terminator story game about time travel and going back. You could totally you do could. that for for another like instead of like John Connor, it's somebody else who was like really important. Yeah. Yeah. Just change it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The formula. I think it'd be so good. It'd be cool as a strategy game. What's that game that just came out within the recent years where you go back and do something and then you go back again and help that person do what you did? Or There's like a time travel element to the, mm. to the shooter. Hmm. Let me look. I can't. Hmm. It's fairly recent? I think it might be called... Quantum League. Oh, Quantum League. Yeah, oh, you're talking about um, Quantum Break. Yes, that's a great game. That game actually has a really good story. I know. Quantum Quantum League, the time paradox. Oh, Quantum League? Quantum League is a revolutionary time paradox shooter, a competitive FPS where you are battling within a time loop, tactically teaming up with your past and future selves in mind-blowing 1v1 and 2v2 matches. Huh. Anyhow, that was just to introduce, I think, the top the, hmm. the topic of time travel 
seems to me to be still relatively unexplored in games. Yeah. Like, there could mm -hmm. be really cool ways to do it. Uh, I think there was... What was it? I, I know I played a time travel game. I just can't think of it right now. Was it that social deduction one? No. Oh. I know. I played Titanfall 2. That was more flashbacks than it was time travel. Yeah. Um... Oh, I'm gonna have to think about it and get back to you. Oh no, uh, Time Splitters! Time Splitters did a fantastic job. That's was a good a, game. Time Splitters Future Perfect, one of my favorite games that deals with time travel, because it they goes through all do eras. A, they need to do a remake, remaster on those. They are. They're making another Time Splitters. It's in development. Right, we'll yes. Play them for the first. Time. Awesome. <laughs> those games them. are all awesome. Right. But, but anyway, off getting of, back off of on track here. here. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to add to these first three films? Uh, I really can't. I can't think of anything else. No, everything I want to talk about is either Genesis or Dark Fate. Yeah, right and I, we don't want to go too far into the no. other three films. Yeah, exactly. we went. We, we went far enough. So what's next time? That'll be what a uh, Sal Salvation, Genesis, and Dark Fate. Dark Fate. Yep. Unless you want to talk more about the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Hey, you know. We, we've got time. We've got time. Yeah, we do. I mean, you know. Do you have anything more to add about the Chronicles, Dan? Yeah. Besides uh, your, your make your case. You don't seem to like them. I I don't know. I just loved that show. No, I have mixed feelings. It's not it's not a general dislike. It's just there are things that could have been improved about it because yeah. it came it came very short in terms of what we have as TV right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It was yeah. like born at the wrong time. Yes, it was. But I think if it I, would have came out a couple of years later, it would have done fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Too early. I just I loved their character building. That's probably mm -hmm. my favorite aspect of it. I thought every character that had a recurring appearance was so well done. The Terminator, mm -hmm. the him learning his way into being the villain was amazing. Oh, yeah. I loved that. Mm -hmm. um, and they picked a great actor for that, too. Yep. And I just liked the like the lit literature and culture connects, how they'd always... Yeah. Like, the main characters were well-read and always drawing parallels to real stories mm -hmm. outside of their universe. And mm -hmm. I thought the FBI agent was such a interesting and like him coming to the realization that this stuff is I love that. I just, that was yeah. so good. Because the other movies, it's kind of like, shoot him in the head, see what happens. She shoots him in the head and she doesn't have a, a meltdown, you know? She's kind of just like, oh wow, are you kidding me? This is real. And I just you'll, like... You'll dude, actually see a similar uh, plot line like that in Supernatural as well. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right, yeah, so and so the characters okay. were just awesome. Yeah. So I guess final question then. Rank. Two, one, three. I can't argue with that. No. It's it, it's just to put three Two, one, above Sarah either. Connor Chronicles 3. <laughs> oh, I knew it. I knew there it. it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah, I probably would do... Yeah, I, I'm going to say two, one, three, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Sorry. 
See, I think the the more controversial. Oh, oh we're, we're including Saracona Chronicles in this ranking right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if that's the case, then I got to go with Dan. Two, one, Saracona Chronicles three. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna have to agree with the, those two on that one. You're gonna put oh, Saracona in front of three? Yeah. Okay, let me do it. Let me do it this way. I'll do it this way. Two, one, season one of Saracona Chronicles, three. <laughs> Sarah Connor Chronicles season two. There. There. No, I will, okay, put season, as a whole. I will put season one in front of T3. If only well, here, season let me two would have carried then. that. I'll do the first three quarters of Terminator 2 and then Terminator 1. No. <laughs> now, now you're making it all confusing. <laughs> you okay. started it with that one, Mike. Well, I, it's fair. I could say season one and season two. They're 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 two separate yeah. things. He does have a good point. Oh well. Save the controversial stuff, Jason, for next one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's let's look forward to the dumpster fire that is Genesis. Oh. I don't hold think it in. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I should really just shut up. <laughs> Okay, guys. Well, that concludes uh, Terminator 1 through 3. Uh, not much controversy to be had here. We will save that for the final three Terminators. So uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Also, for those who are joining us right now, I have a little idea. Why don't we put up a poll as to the net, like get a list of ideas for different retrospectives we can do? Whichever one gets the most votes. Why not? Why don't we look into doing a retrospective on that? Yeah, let somebody vote on it. Let somebody else uh, let, let 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 the fans decide what we do next. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Cool. I like it. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. That's a wrap. Cut and print. Hey. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. And coming soon. We conclude our Terminator retrospective as we cover Terminator Salvation, Terminator Genesis, and Terminator Dark Fate. Also, be on the lookout for other retrospectives and episodes in the coming weeks. To read our written reviews and listen to our podcast, go to lcareviews.com and subscribe to our podcast on all major platforms. Thank you for listening to the Lights, Camera, Action, Entertainment Reviews Podcast.